to Judging Book Covers podcast, a bi-weekly book club podcast going through our 2019 book challenge. I'm Megan Griffin, and as always, I am joined by my amazing co-host, Stephanie Cortez. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. How about you? Doing good. Doing good. Moving cords around so I don't <laughs> end up ripping out my headphones. <laughs> Um, we already got our Game of Thrones talk out. Of the way. We did miss a lot of ranting on my part. Yes, yes. <laughs> cannot guarantee that the next episode won't have any. But, uh, <laughs> we'll save everybody from it this week. And there's no new Avengers movie. There's not much to really like explore pop culture wise. I did see Detective Pikachu. Oh, what'd you think? It was cute. Okay, it was cute. Um, that's all I'm going to say. That's not a spoiler. Okay. <laughs> Cause, um, uh, do you have any interest in seeing it? Yeah, I think we're going to see it. Okay. I know Chris mentioned it, interest. I think when the trailer first came out, I think he's still interested, but next on the list it, is John Wick three. So that's going to, of course, yes. Go yes. before everything else. I think I need to rewatch two. Cause I'm not entirely sure I finished two, mm. but I do want to see three. Yeah, for sure. So, um, we've had a fun week. Uh, before we dive into our books, though, let's talk about what we read between episodes. Uh, for you, I do believe you are going to get through at least book two of the Wayward Pine series. I did. <laughs> and I already messaged you earlier today, but I need the third book immediately because it ends with a big setup, we'll say, for book three. <laughs> I am concerned. <laughs> I'm very excited to dive in and uh, and see how it goes. We know that Tim sent a very cryptic fuck this series, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was uh, fuck Blake Crouch. That might <laughs> so, have been it, yes. I don't yeah. know what's going to happen in book three, but yeah. ooh, I I don't. And especially having read book two, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is it very just all hesitant. bad? <laughs> I mean, it is a post-apocalyptic world of the future yeah it can't be all yeah. good yeah but um there's some things that happen in book two that are a lot <laughs> <laughs> there's some things that happen that are a lot as you're getting towards the end and then like i think it's literally like the last three pages i was just like what what <laughs> interesting so, so did you read this all in one day uh no i had started it but i okay. did a good chunk today so okay. I knew we both Ooh. kind of read book one, like basically within 24 hours. I, I don't, I think it was still over two days, yeah. but, but still very quickly. Yeah. This, I mean, I've already mentioned, I think that the, the writing of women could be better. That's still yeah. an improvement that could be made that yeah, Ethan can't be that awesome. <laughs> I just, that a guy that is no so. i have i'm married to a great guy and i don't i i exist outside of just being married to him <laughs> that, that is a thing huh. all right yeah make a note yeah crouch yep so but what about you i think you were gonna finish middle game yes i did it is probably my if not top book of the year definitely top three it is a it's not urban fantasy but it's not fantasy like fantasy kind of almost implies what i think is now considered more high fantasy like dragons and Mm. game of thrones which i think is now considered more high fantasy and urban fantasy tends to make me think of like buffy but not as good as (laughs) so 
I've ha- I've been having trouble. Like people are like, what's it about? And I'm like, it's an alchemist, but it's a modern day alchemist. So I don't know how that actually works where it falls into <laughs> category rise. But uh, there's two kids, uh, Roger and Dodger. Roger uh, embodies words. Dodger embodies numbers. And then Dodger is who I'm going to protect with my life okay. from now on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, it's it's really good. It's uh, um, Sean McGuire is one of the most diverse authors I've ever read. Like, it's insane to see the work that she puts. I mean, she's currently writing two Marvel comics in this book. And it's like a fairy tale series. Owen also like put out like a novella that was like, hey, if you don't fucking vaccine your kids, like, we're going to like all die. Oh, and like, here's the story of how it's going to happen. And it's, it's amazing. Also, she wrote like a book about sirens. It's like, damn girl. (laughs) Not all in this past year, but like, I, she, I don't know. It's just the amount of work she does and how different it all is and how I feel like really and truly she writes something that everybody could enjoy. And I just love it all Thanks. that I've read. <laughs> and there's so much of hers that I haven't. So um, definitely recommend. It's okay if you end up not liking it because my favorite reviewer ended up not enjoying oh. it at all. And it crushed me. Not, I would think it was at like the halfway point. Yeah. And I was like, all right, this is one of the like very few books we just don't agree on. Mm-hmm. That's okay. That's fine. So, <laughs> but uh, it was definitely a good compromise to uh, what we read this week because there was no love in my book. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, um, no, it is about a brother and a sister. Um, and I mean, there is like a girlfriend somewhere in there, but it's it's not. Gotcha. So um, to be reading romance books and <sighs> definitely in public again. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh. I'll never learn my lesson, but uh, <laughs> we did read two. Uh, our prompt for this week was an LGBTQ plus book, and we ended up doing two novellas. Uh, the first one that we're going to talk about is Once Ghosted, Twice Shy by Alyssa Cole, because we could not get enough last episode. So we this novella is told from Lakatsi's point of view, and hope, hopefully she finds a happy ending. Um <laughs> I guess, spoiler alert, these are both happy endings because most romance books are. Yes. <laughs> otherwise, they're not romance. Yeah. I f- figured it would be, but after reading A Princess in Theory and really wanting to know what happened, because Tabisa doesn't find out. He just, he can tell she's hurt. Like, yeah. she's really hurt by whatever happened with this woman that she was seeing in New York. And we never get much we don't really get any of the story so i was really interested to see what happened and will they be able to overcome it and have that that happy ending which thankfully yes (laughs) (laughs) and it also takes place in new york and kind of a very realistic new york yeah always really appreciate over the course of basically one day which i thought was really cool (laughs) i did like that you know i'm very hit or miss on my novellas Mm -hmm. i definitely like novellas that are like here's one day yeah and this one is with some of the past sprinkled in, so we do get that story of yeah. what happened. Yeah, we, we start off with uh, Lakatsi has been ordered basically to take a vacation because she is driving the future king and queen uh, crazy. Scheduling every second of yes. their day that she can. And she hasn't taken any time off. She... It made sense, though, that she threw oh, yeah. herself into work after being hurt to try to keep herself distracted i am the but, exact same way yeah like, every breakup i've gone through it's like if i sit alone with myself too long it's i'm not gonna be okay yeah 
Yeah. So might as well just like schedule every single second. Yeah. And I think those, uh, was it just two days she was having off? Yeah. Like a weekend. Yeah. But she kept saying I'm on vacation. I'm like, it's two days. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like, and you're not like leaving the city. You're just, it's a vacation. Yeah. Um, we, it is about seven months since they broke up. So still about seven months since the end of the book. Um, technically I think this book takes place after Portia's books, after the second book. Oh. Because I think there might be like a line that I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I think this does take place after. Um, but it is winter and, uh, I do like the fact that they have a Christmas tree, but it's <laughs> for, um, oh, I just forgot oh. the main character of the last book. Nelody. Thank you. Yeah. Um, for her beliefs. Yeah. Um, I liked that I, because Lacanze yeah. <laughs> gets a gift sent to her from her dad and Letty's like, no, 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 has to stay on the tree. So it's, it's, it's written somehow like it was basically held hostage hostage for several <laughs> days until <laughs> she could finally open it. Yes. And of course, it's a wonderful pair of brogues yeah. uh, that like her. So they came from her dad mm-hmm. and um, he basically tells her, you know, two feet forward towards the future. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I really, truly respect that. Yeah. Um, and, but we do open up and she is stuck on a subway, which if you're ever trying to get anywhere quick or you're on vacation, <laughs> that's going to happen. And, uh, she has airdropped a video or a picture, which I have heard of this airdrop app. I have not, I have no idea what it's actually called. If it is just called airdrop, I'm a little too terrified to find out. I've done I've it. Heard it's... Like Chris and I have tried it on our, like I assumed it came with the iPhone, like it's an iPhone thing. Cause oh, we really, okay. I, there was an option. We've done it like literally twice in the, I don't know how long we've had these phones for. And I don't actually know how to find the option, so I can't look to make sure that that's what it's called. But <laughs> I remember doing that with him when we first got our phones and playing around and like sending each other stuff. But like there were a couple times it didn't work. So I was like, I will how just copy the link and text it to you. <laughs> you know, yeah. I wouldn't accept one from a stranger, though. <laughs> no. Oh, it totally is a thing. Here. <laughs> huh. Well, because. My main phone's an Android, my work phone's an iPhone. Okay. Like, I knew this thing existed. I just was like, so this is like the point that I start feeling old because I no longer (laughs) feel the need to have the most up-to-date social media, quote-unquote. But now I'm so curious. Also, I have it set to contacts only and I have no Mm. contacts in my work phone, so. Oh, there you go. (laughs) That explains so much. Now I'm curious to turn it on. But I've also heard it's like guys just sending dick pics in like the easiest way possible. I could see that. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, but in, instead of a dick pic, she is, <laughs> receives a picture of herself um, sitting on the subway. And, of course, it comes from the woman who ghosted her seven months and three yeah. weeks prior. Yeah. I do like that she repeats that quite a bit. Yes. Seven months. three Because there are a couple times where it, it says eight months. But then other times it's really specific that it's seven months, yes. three weeks. Um. I thought it was interesting that one of the first things Lakatsi notices about Fabiola is that she's dressed much more, much differently than she was almost eight months ago, where eight months ago she was in brighter colors, a lot more, I guess, fashionable, and now is kind of in jeans and a blue knit hat, like maybe going for more comfort, maybe not as much work required for the look. Uh, a mass-produced coat mm-hmm. that uh, almost offends Lakatsi. Yeah. Um, I do have to say I really love the fact that Lakatsi is very into fashion because yeah. 
I feel like it is very much a trope of lesbian women to be butch and not care mm-hmm. about their appearances and blah, 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 blah. And like, again, like Hatsi is like the best dressed person. Oh, yeah. In, in, from her country. So yeah. um, I do. I, I really appreciate like the amount of fashion that goes into this book. Yes. <laughs> um. We also get a little bit about like what her quote unquote, I guess, tender. I don't think they say what app they really used. Um, but uh, Fab, her uh, girlfriend, I guess, for lack of better, like defining um, Fabiola, is, uh, had seven words in her profile, which was math, jewelry, dressing down is giving in. And <laughs> it is absolutely perfect. Yep. I mean, like, even I reading it was like, oh, man, I now have a crush. <laughs> math in your profile, I'm probably just sold. Sorry. Um, and based on the messages that we get basically from chapter one, the message was, I can't do this. You're leaving, right? It's fun. Let's stop it before it's not. You can kind of already tell, like, something happened. Yeah. Especially the just the brief mention of the bright clothing to what she's wearing now. Something happened and something is still happening and still going on. Right. I immediately went to um, maybe she has a kid now, you know, maybe she found out she's pregnant or something and which actually does kind of go with it because uh, Fabiola is uh, bisexual mm-hmm. and she's not, um, she was dating men prior to Lakatsi. So yeah, especially when that is mentioned, I was like, oh no, um, does she now have like a little kid? Well, I guess, uh, I guess she still would be pregnant. Oh Yeah. <laughs> now that I think about yeah. that, that d- it hasn't been that long. Yeah. Not eight months, not even eight months, eight full months yet. <laughs> yeah. Unless she was three months Just along like, at the time that they met, yeah. then it could have happened. Yeah, but there's no way she'd be out and just wandering the city without a baby. Yeah. Um, so basically, Fabiola is on the next subway train and cuts through the emergency exit that you're not supposed to walk through <laughs> and basically is just like, so I'm taking you out to lunch. And Lakatsi, who had basically set aside these two vacation days to move forward, mm-hmm. basically do some kind of, not ritual, but just, you know, send away yeah. and experience some things that she experienced with her, um, some of the things that they talked about, and make new memories of New York yeah, and the fabulous city that it is. Um, and now <laughs> the reason, the thing she wants to get away from, the person she wants to get away from, is standing in front of her. Yep. And what... What do you do when that happens? Well, you have a flashback. Yeah. <laughs> After jumping off the train, because she was kind of torn on if she was going to stay on or get off with Fab. Yeah. 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 I really wish there's a lot of food talk in this. And I'm just oh, like, can yes. we get a list of what uh, restaurants you're thinking? Right. Because uh, need an itinerary. <laughs> yeah. This book is new enough that you can give me these restaurants. They probably still are in business. Because, God, soup dumplings sound really good they right did. now. Yeah. And uh, the plantains and some egg hot dog dish. Yeah. Like, I don't know, but I'm I would try it. for it. <laughs> uh, so we do chapter two jumps immediately into last spring when they first met. Um, their relationship or their courtship. I don't know. Their first date is very like laid out that she's only here for a few days and, and this can't be anything serious. Right. She does say that in her message, too, in the app. Like, Katsi's not messing around. She's not playing games. She just, she wants to put it out there that she's here for work and she's only going to be here for a few days. So this, you can't develop. Um, But she's got some serious game. Oh, my God. She's late, but it's because she stopped to get her flowers from a bodega. And, like, it's not, she didn't bring the flowers because she's late. It's literally. 
a reason. Yeah. And I think she made uh, Fab, because the, the flashbacks are all told from Fab's point of view, yes. which I liked, which also, it made sense because we saw some of Lakatsi's point of view right. in A Princess in Theory. We don't need theory. her talking to the prince. Right. We want to know what happened. And right. only Fab can tell us. But she says something like these bodega flowers had to have some like little fluff up where she did basically like she jazzed them up or something because how could these little flowers from the bodega look so good? <laughs> yes. Um, and they have an amazing first date where mm-hmm. or they get some drinks and end up staying basically through dinner. Yep. Um, we, and we, they I think bef- chat about everything. They do. Right before the date, though, we do find out a little bit about Fab, too, that she came yes. Here, well, her parents came here from Haiti. She was born here, and she has an aunt who has an immigration check-in that's due that the mom is yes. worried about. Um, her mom is down in Florida, but her aunt is up here in New York with her, like near her. Which Uh-oh. do we find out that soon? Because like later, it does say that her parents are in Florida, and I'm like, this whole no, that? it was not right away because okay. <laughs> it was okay a while before I realized that her mom was down. I think it's when the like uh, when everything blows yeah when everything blows basically up, yeah. goes wrong with it that we find out and I was like wait, wait her mom's not here yeah <laughs> so like, I wrote that down for myself so I wouldn't forget yeah because it's kind of basically she keeps talking about how she just saw her aunt and was you know everything's gonna be okay mm-hmm. everything's calm it's all good but I got the impression that like when she's not there her mom was there that's what so. I thought but I guess they were she Apparently was just texting not. her sister maybe and calling her yeah. and stuff to maybe try to reassure yeah um yeah the immigration stuff mm. um we she is an accountant which she's not bad at because she decides that so she's getting ready to basically quit that job to open up a boutique to sell her jewelry that she's been making pretty much her entire life mm-hmm. she's got a decent online store she's got a good instagram following she thinks she can actually make a run at this uh she's been saving up to have a booth at uh, one of the holiday markets which like I personally cannot wait for those to open when like <laughs> November comes. I'm ready because it's you, you can you get get so many like odds and ends gifts wise. Uh, there's a guy that he wasn't there last year, but he sold these little candle holders that you put. Um, I do the electric little tea lights mm-hmm. and it has a piece of film from a movie. Oh, so thanks. I got my stepdad one of Star Wars. Nice. And uh, I got an next one of a David Bowie video. Oh. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, these holiday, like, markets, like, get a ton of foot traffic, mm-hmm. especially, like, the closer you get to Christmas between New York's just such a touristy Christmas spot with Fifth Avenue and everything. Yeah. Like, it, it's claustrophobic almost. <laughs> so, very, very cool to have that drop in. And uh, I think, too, in A Princess in Theory, I don't know if it was actually their first or second date. At one point, Tabiso says something to Lakansi, like he or he notices that she has like a new necklace or a new bracelet or some yes. piece of jewelry. So before I started this, and you know, while I was reading *A Princess in Theory*, I thought, did she date someone super rich who like was able to drop okay. this money on right. some jewelry and then just ghosted her? But it's got to—I don't remember it coming up in the book, but it has to be one of her pieces. Yeah, she does actually at one point. She's like, I never took off the piece that you made ah, me. And okay. also, yeah, there was also a ring somewhere, but mm. I don't think it was for Lakatsi. Okay. Um, but anyways, but she also is like wanting to quit this job, but she's also like going to try to keep some of her customers because she's actually really good at what she what she does. Right. So um, she's got her life plan in front of her and her mother's not too on board with it, but 
good for her yeah basically. she's following her dreams no, no idea how old they're supposed to be because like mm. oh mm. i guess like mid-20s i think so let's see if i can find it because i feel like it may have come up when everything goes bad mm-hmm. i don't know i guess maybe because in stark contrast the other novella we read they actually say their exact ages um, and I guess that was when I was like, you know what? I don't know if we actually know how old, like, Lakatsi is. Oh, that's a good point. I don't know. I assume she was around to be to so age. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I assume too, which I assume is mid-20s based on grad school and all that stuff. But I don't know. Definitely not smitten young love. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess I was just like, in my mind, they're probably closer to 30 because this is just such a good game plan and like to be that set in life. Right. Just for me, it feels like she's a little older, but and no had idea, time honestly. to save too. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, they meet up at a bar that or at a restaurant that it basically I th- I think Fab does the accounting for because there's like a comment about her carrying a, a folder. Yes, a finance. Um, there's a couple like loose ends. I'm like, mm, I wish it was tied up a little bit better, but I still love this. Yeah, this one so much. Hang on a second. Didn't want to cough your ear. <laughs> um. And also, so she is wearing a yellow and lime green wax print dress, sky high heels. Her hair is in soft waves and from the pen curls. Um, so she is looking great. Not <laughs> conservative at all. No. Um, I do like that Lakatsi mentions the there's there is a quiz with 36 questions that apparently you're supposed to ask them to each other and then stare at for four minutes and you'll fall in love with someone. Yep. And uh, I, she's like, I'm going to only ask. I think it's nine four uh, four yeah or yes i'm only gonna ask she you cuts four it because, down yeah she's like i'm gonna only ask you four because i only want to fall in love with you a little bit and i was like god damn that was a good line mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah it's one ninth okay i was like where did i get nine from and that's where we we learn she's from haiti so the the whole drinks happens and then we go back to the present time jumps are throwing me off a little bit yeah um they eat soup dumplings. It's a very public place. There's no, like, Lakatsi only has one goal today, and that is to ask why she was ghosted down to whatever, because yeah. Fab is like, I didn't ghost you because yeah. I responded, but that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, she asked some follow-up questions that you never answer. <laughs> right. You never explained why. Exactly. Um, this is the chapter where you get the food stuff, because it's, there's Haitian spots in canisary her friend introduced her to the indian buff, uh, buffets in jackson heights and another to central american food trucks and red hook and i'm just like i know these neighborhoods <laughs> i just want to know where yep um they they get through lunch it's very pleasant and then they go outside and lakatsi is still torn about should she just walk away yeah except that she's not going to get any answer and fab's kind of like very nervous yeah and she doesn't want the she doesn't want it to end like you can tell she doesn't want to leave she doesn't want Lakatsi to go on her own way but she is still avoiding talking about the past because Lakatsi has set a couple things up now up to present like kind of digs or mentioning and references to what happened and the only thing she responded to really was the you ghosted me and she's like I didn't ghost because I explained or said something I gave like some type of an excuse or reason. Um, but she clearly doesn't want the day to end. Like she yeah. doesn't want to 
part. She's definitely, yeah, liking that she ran in. Right. She's getting a second chance. Yeah. Um, I did also she, like, there was a mention after the dim sum that Fab's red lip, I think it was red lipstick, hadn't budged no matter, even though they ate all yes. this food. And I was like, very stylish. She's found, like, the makeup that works and her clothes and she's very put together. <laughs> yes. It may be mass produced, but yep. she looks great wearing it. Yeah. Um, they end up going to a like small. Oh, yeah. The little museum. It was a freight elevator yeah. turned into a museum. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> like, all right. But I, I did uh, highlight the line because apparently there was like part of the exhibit is stuff pulled out of the anal cavity. Yes. <laughs> um, which included um, probably the scariest thing. The thing that's going to keep me up for the rest of my life. <laughs> Um, a can of Raid. Why? And Why? Then, uh, perhaps there was an issue with cockroaches. Yep. They can survive anywhere, if you know. And I just went, oh, God. Yep. That's nightmare-inducing. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, there's also a discussion of, like, single shoes found on subway tracks. Yeah. And there's even a Louis Vuitton. And I'm just like, I fell in love with the Louis Vuitton, like, in eighth grade, a pair. <laughs> and was they were, like, $800. <laughs> And I just cannot imagine. You just lose one shoe. Uh, no. I... <laughs> I've never owned a pair. Like, I destroy shoes. I'm so bad mm-hmm. with shoes. I think, like, the most expensive pair I've ever owned is, like, 50, 60 bucks. Mm-hmm. And that's because, like, I had to buy them for a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was in the wedding. Like, I just, I don't keep expensive shoes. Yeah. And so I cannot imagine losing that much money for right. shoes. I do remember before our wedding, there was a pair of Manolo Blahniks that I th- I saw somewhere and was like, oh, these are so gorgeous. And I was like, I know I've watched Sex in the City. I know how much these cost. Could I splurge for the wedding? And then I was like, nah. <laughs> and as it is, our shoes, we ended up, we bought purple chucks and we wore oh, those. Nice. But I also had like these little um, like kitten heel fancier shoes that I wore during the ceremony and then changed and I kind of wish I had just done the chucks the whole time because those little kitten heel ones aren't super comfortable those got the heave ho when we moved and I was clearing out stuff that doesn't bring me joy and shoes that (laughs) don't feel good (laughs) it's like maybe someone else will enjoy these I hope so yeah I do hope uh did did you look at any of the the Met Gala uh fashion I did yes uh, Serena Williams rocking her uh, yeah. Nikes under a very gorgeous dress. Yes. I was just like, you made my day. I hope this is a new yep. fashion. I am so on board for yes. this. Because I watch those. I'm like, oh, I love heels. I love how they look. My yes. feet don't really enjoy them. So I probably have like one pair of heels and then of like these wedge, the wedges that I bought for the wedding we went to last year. I have a couple pairs of boots that have some heel to them, but like the rest all gone. (laughs) Yeah, most of mine are gone at this point because I don't feel the need to carry heels to wear. I have a pair of heels at work. Yeah. Okay. For the absolute like if I'm if if it's raining and I'm wearing like my ugly ass, like I don't care. I've like no longer care about life and what I look like. Shoes (laughs) and like someone has to come in, then I have a pair of heels for that reason under my desk. Good planning. yeah, I just, as much walking as I do, and I apparently walk strangely on my, um, <laughs> the ball of my foot. Like, I get a hole in my yep. shoe in the same spot. So it's just, I can destroy a $60 pair of walking shoes, or I can destroy, you know, $10 ones. Right. How about $400? <laughs> 
No. Yeah, I just and then leave one on the subway. <laughs> yeah, I just don't feel like there's anything that you can do to make these shoes better quality and last longer. But I could be wrong. Yeah. Now, purses. I um, was, I was told that if you spend a little more for the quality, that they may feel better. That that I can agree with. I haven't really tried it out though. <laughs> I still don't want to yeah. spend a lot of money on, especially if they're heels, because I'm not going to wear them. Exactly. Yeah. That often. I mean, honestly, like I, because you know, I moved to New York and I was like, oh, you know, every, all women wear heels when they carry them in their purse until they get to work. Yep, and, makes sense. Um, I wore them to one like lunch with my boss, and we were taking a broker out. And um, where I work, there's a lot of cobblestone, and mm. my boss was like, "Why are you doing this to yourself?" And it was the point I was like, "You know what? You're right. Why am I doing this to myself?" <laughs> like. If I I really love the way I feel in a pair of heels yeah. and like a straight leg pants. Yep. But it's not it's no longer worth it. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean, I guess in that case that's when I would lose a shoe, but <laughs> also walking around New York without a shoe? No. Oh my god. One of the first times we went to New York with our friend, we were out super late cuz everything's open super late and there was a girl we were Chris does not do fast food, but he was so hungry he was willing to go with us to McDonald's. So Walking up to McDonald's and there's a drunk girl standing outside with her heels in her hands, knocking on the door, trying to get them to open the door. So barefoot on the sidewalk. And I was like, I will never, ever be drunk enough. I don't care how much my feet hurt. Never. (laughs) I am more likely to be like, fuck it, give me a cab right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'll spend the money on a cab, but I'm keeping my shoes on until I am back in the hotel room. Um, I've even stopped wearing like flip flops because I've yeah. broken a pair. Yep. Um, but also like the ground's just so gross. Yep. There's just like something about like I, I wear a lot of ballet slippers, flats, whatever, mm-hmm. which are not much better and not much more you know material than flip flops. But yeah, it's a little more. <laughs> it's a yeah, little more. It's cover. enough more that like my sanity's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they go through this freight train. And come out and then uh, they, I think that's the point that they officially decide, Lakatsi's like, I need to go through this to get out to the other side. I yes. will be better once I get through it. I will spend the day with her. Right. Plus, Fab also says she hasn't had fun like that since the last time Lakatsi was there. So yeah. I think that's when Lakatsi's kind of like, all right, there seems to be a little more to this. Plus, yes. I think my day led me to her. I need to see this through. Yeah, the goddess is trying to tell me something. Right. Um. I think this is also the point that Fab takes a phone call. Yes. That is from her cousin, who is uh, at a debate club event in yeah. Boston. So then we jump back to the past. Oh, um, yeah. Back to more of their first date. Yes. Them dancing. And then we do get their first kiss. Yes. And it is all wonderfully hot. And also, like all the dancing. we need to go back to consent. <laughs> because oh, I just God. like to be so... <laughs> when they go outside... Um, Lakatsi says something like, "I wanted to, yeah, yeah I, I wanted to be able to hear I your wanted, response yes. when I asked you if I could kiss you, right?" And then Fab <sighs> says, "Yes." She's like, "Oh, I didn't ask it," and then they kiss, and I was like, oh, "Yes, <laughs> it's so beautiful." Have you watched someone great, the Netflix movie with Gina Rodriguez? No, the it's key- on my list, okay. but I'm uh, binging through Lucifer right now. Okay. Um, but no, like the video of it, like, oh my God, it's 
so good. The trailer of it, like, yes. I think, like, the something popped up on Facebook, which was just, like, Gina singing and her roommate coming in. Liz, it's she, Lizzo, I played yes. that song on repeat. I have been playing that song on repeat. Truth Hurts I by just, Lizzo. It's wonderful. Yes. <sighs> I love that so yes. much. And th- that was, like, I didn't know it was out. I oh, yeah. That was, like, an advertisement for, mm-hmm. like, a future release. And then my team was like, you might like this. Anyways, is it worth it? I liked it. I enjoyed it. There's also a scene where it's one of those, no, we shouldn't do this type of possible sex scenes. But instead of the guy, because it's usually the woman saying that and the guy being like, yes, we should. Instead of the guy being like, yes, we should and trying to convince her, he, like, pulls away and he's like, wait, do you really want to stop? Because I will stop. And I was like, thank you, movie. Thank you. <laughs> explain like how attractive consent is yeah like yeah i'm not someone who's saying i'm not saying you have to ask every single thing because that that's not that cute but like if someone's saying no we shouldn't do this yeah i'm gonna stop what i'm doing right now because you just said we should stop doing this exactly (laughs) how hard is that to understand it's just ridiculously hot and adorable and sweet. I don't know. Insert any adjective. I feel it all mm-hmm. when someone goes, can I kiss you? Yep. Especially for a first kiss. And uh, there's just something about it. It's just yeah. so yep. powerful. It's not done enough. No. The world sucks at the moment. Consent is sexy. Let's remember that, that people. Is, that's going to be the subtitle of this episode. <laughs> Enthusiastic consent oh, is God, yes. incredibly sexy. <laughs> <laughs> so, sad. so yeah they have their awesome first kiss and it was wonderful they do and uh they end up basically going to fab's apartment mm-hmm. uh, for a little bit more fun and it kind of is that it jumps back to the present and i had a moment of like oh I really am going to, like, I, I don't want to ream against this if it's, like, not going to give us any sex scenes because she wrote sex scenes in the, the book. I'm assuming all three books have some sort of sex right. scene unless it is supposed to be some, like, asexual character. Um, anyways, I was like, please tell me we're not shying away from lesbian sex scene. Yeah, I was a little worried, too, and we didn't follow them back to her apartment. Yes. <laughs> um, don't worry, guys. Or don't worry, people. Yep. Don't worry, everyone. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah. Um, there is sex scenes in oh, this. Oh, yeah. And we could talk about where I was. Because <laughs> I just laughed. Ugh. So this, so they leave the museum and they go to this chill room. Yeah, it's got like dream written above the door, like a meditation yeah. room with a bunch of bean bags and pillows all over the place. This was a little weird for me. I appreciated like, Lacanzi's reaction because she was like, what the hell? And at one point she's like, wait a minute. Don't tell me I'm locked in here. I'm not paying money to have to solve problems to get out of this room. <laughs> I did truly appreciate that. Um, and especially that Fab was like, okay, you've asked if I'm going to take your organs. Yes. And I'm going to like drug you and lock you in. Right. What do you do? That freight elevator was down a very sketchy alley. It and was. I, yes. Yeah. You have to ask these questions. <laughs> yes. it's They're legit. Yep. Um, but they both kind of... Fab definitely takes a bit of a cat nap. Lakatsi yeah. kind of just zones out thinking. Um, very chill kind of experience. A lot of introspective, you know, on Lakatsi's part. Yeah. Although I think, too, before Fab falls asleep, she does say that her dreams or her plans basically had to get put to the side yes. because some stuff's happening with her family and that she doesn't regret it, but she resents it. And I was like, yes. oh, okay. 
Um, because Lakatsu does straight up ask, like, are you sick? Are you dying? Yeah. Because, like, She's there's a difference between saying goodbye and, like, saying a final goodbye. Right. And how abruptly she shut her out and how she's not dressed up like she usually is. And yeah. Yeah. It's concerning. Yeah. Um, so then we go back to the past. <laughs> I really liked this because one of the first things it says is after Fab woke up the next day, her unwrapped hair a mess. And I was like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I guess that's like the next thing. We, we definitely got peeing in the last book. We got condoms. Don't forget to wrap your hair. Like, yep. let's just make it real. Sometimes you forget the heat of passion and then you kind of pay totally for it the next day. But yep. <laughs> And then everybody knows and it's fine. Yeah. Uh, th- so originally the entire idea was they were going to have one night and just like one date. Maybe not even sex was originally on the table. Right. It was definitely just supposed to be one date. And the next morning they agreed to see each other again tonight or that night. Um, Fab shows off her apartment and her plans are to go to work. And then she's going to go visit her aunt who we've agreed to say lease. Yes, um, we think that's it how is, it's pronounced. Yeah, it is L-I-S-E. Um, her aunt is Haitian. I, neither of us. I mean, we uh, Stephanie looked up several pronunciations. We yeah, I got a few ones. So we're going like, because she calls her Tati Lise. That kind yeah. of rolls off the tongue. So I was like, that sounds good <laughs> with yeah. Tati. Tati Lise. Um, it's, she's supposed, she's going to go do a supportive dinner. Do we know at this point that she's doing an immigration visit? We, we know we do going know, on. We do okay. know she's having the immigration visit um, that Fab's mom wants the immigration lawyer's number just in case. Because I right, think that's yeah. the text she gets right before her and Fab go back to her. I'm sorry, her and Lakatsi go back to her place and she kind of ignores the text. Like she's just, yeah. she's like, I'll deal with that tomorrow. Right now I'm just, I'm enjoying my date. Living in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. She's just, I get it. My, I could see my dad's side of the family being more like this. My, my mom's side's not as much. But where it's like family comes first. Mm-hmm you are a unit of the family your own individuality is very american concept yeah that's it that comes a little later too where yeah. she feels like she's the selfish americanized daughter and i was like oh i have heard that from other daughters of immigrants or children of Same. immigrants with that that sort of guilt of following the more american path of separate self yeah, separate self. Yeah. Striving to be the best that you can be, taking chances, not taking into consideration the family, yep. like supporting the family. Um so I, I get her like wanting to live in the moment. Right. Um <laughs> so they agree to a date and Lakatsi's like, let's just come back to my place. We'll do room service. By the way, I'm staying at the Plaza Hotel. It's fine. Right. It's She's like, deal. I have a suite, so it's not like it's just a room and a bed. It's well yeah. space or we can go out. But, like, she doesn't seem to realize how dates at the Plaza Hotel are not a common thing for most people. No, No, I have been in the Plaza Hotel. There is, like, a food court underneath. Hmm. It's also a public restroom if you're ever in New York. If you're ever coming to New York and just need a list of places to go to the bathroom, like, feel free to (laughs) me on Twitter. I can help you out. Um, But it is. uh, It's still just as swanky as can be. Um, Never been in a room or anything like that, so... Um, I feel like it's always hurting for money, though, so I have no idea. Mm. Also, Trump owned it in the 90s, yeah. so, like, whatever. Was that, um, okay, was that where Kevin McAllister stayed in Home Alone 2? Yep, 
that's well they could get to use the plaza hotel yes i can like hear the ad from the movie that he hears and then he goes to stay there and i forgot i think donald trump does show up in the movie right Yep. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. like, why are we letting a guy who, like, clearly let a child on his own be okay, be our president, whatever? <laughs> you know. Among other Children things that first. done. <clears throat> Anyways. Um, so, I totally just lost my train of thought, but she ends up going to work and all that, and, and we are introduced to the life of someone who has a hotel room in the Plaza Hotel. Yes. I think this was also, too, the first time she got a warning from her boss for being late. Yes. Just of note. Um, But she finally gets through the day. And I think at some point it gets mentioned that she snuck in once to take a selfie, but had never been like up into a room or anything like that. I'm very tempted now just to see if like wearing like decent clothes, if I could just like all confidence, just walk in like you own the place. Yeah. (laughs) There's an elevator game. I don't know. Like it's like, you know, you say Bloody Mary three times in the mirror. There's an elevator game that I'm always very tempted to try. Oh. But I, I can never find the right, like, because I think you need a minimum of 10 stories. Oh, geez. So. What is this game? <laughs> oh, it's like a, it opens the gateway into an, al- oh, God. an alternate dimension, <laughs> but like a ghost or demonic world. And it's like you have to hit the combinations. And like at some point the there's a woman that gets on, but don't look at her. This is very involved. She's going to talk to you. <laughs> and oh, it's creepy as can be. And uh as someone who loves a good urban legend and who is absolutely still to this day terrified of um, Bloody Mary. I'm not going to say it again because there are mirrors. All <laughs> and I'm already convinced there's a ghost here after this piece of art like came off my wall across I, the room. I saw that. I was like, I was looking at the picture like, what could it have bounced off of? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Maybe Charlie got up in the middle of the night and kicked it. No. Because we heard it crash because he, I felt his head shot up and I looked, I was like, but I hear things that are like when I'm half asleep, Mm -hmm. then I'm like 90% of the time or just something that happened in a dream. But the fact that his head popped up and also normally my bathroom window is open, like just enough and the wind comes in and knocks things off. So it'll knock like toothpaste off. So, like, usually that's what it is, but I didn't think of it until I looked the next morning. I was like, why is the artwork over mm. there? It's like a good three feet away. <laughs> and just laid flat. Anyways, the Plaza Hotel. Yep. Plaza Hotel. She takes the elevator up. The elevator operator recognizes her. and Which gives. I, I do appreciate. Yes. Gives her the warning that oh, there's, there's usually a lot of women coming in and out of this suite. Not so much this week. Like, none this week, but be careful. Yeah. And I really liked, too, I went back and reread it. The pronouns used for the operator, they used they instead of him or her. And I just, I liked that touch. Yeah. Yeah, Alyssa Cole's got a great way of just interweaving all of these different yeah. lives and yeah. just... Not making it like, look what I did there. Right. Kind of feel. Um, right. Russo brothers. <laughs> <laughs> she knocks on the door and an old white man opens it. And she's like, oh shit, I have the wrong room. Yep. And it turns out it's the butler. Yep. Who uh, apparently is on decent terms with Lakatsi and was like, I'm just trying to make you look good. And uh, I really, really appreciate this, like, bonding, like, very clear. This is where they always stay when they come into yep. town. Um, she's like, I don't need to be made to look good. Look at me. 
appreciate the confidence. Yep. Um, so it's a lot. I like from what I understand, it's very rich. It's not even like kind of rich. It's very rich. I don't know anybody who's stayed at the plaza. Like I was just thinking about it. I don't mm-hmm. think I know anybody. Um, and I'm trying to even like remember what happens. Like I know Fab debates doing like a photo shoot. Yeah, they kind of just. I think they're getting, they're going to have dinner, but then we cut back to the present. So we don't really see too much else of that second date. Um, Lakatsi does say that finding a sexual partner is easy. Finding someone that makes you need to know more about them is not. Hmm. um, Implying that she is starting to have some kind of feelings for Fab. And uh, yeah, it's like we don't get much of this date at all. Yeah. Um, So then back to the present. Back to Lakatsi. Back to the winter. <laughs> um, they do leave the dream space, and this is when they head down towards Battery Park. Yeah, one of the things I really liked was they're going through the financial district. It's filled with all these old buildings and statues of the men credited with building America. And then she wrote for... Again, from Lakatsi's point of view, she had never understood the veneration of these men who took their own biases and made them into a country's laws. But Americans were quite strange after all. Yes. So good. So on on the nose. Very much so. Yep. Oh, it's a long week. Um, and I do like the fact that so they started on Canal Street and kind of stayed in that area. Financial district is not a far walk at all. So it's not like they tried to do like, we're on Canal Street and then we walk to the Upper West Side, which is ridiculous. So again, like knowing that space, it's just, I finished another book that was in New York this week. So I'm very much like, listen, (laughs) if you have not spent time in New York, don't write about it. Right. But anyways, um, the the goal is to, Fab wants to take Lakatsi on the Staten Island Ferry, which is free. I've been told it is the best view. Like, so if you go out so that you're coming back at midnight on New Year's Eve, it is apparently the best view of the city um, and some fireworks and things like that. I've never actually done it, but if you're ever looking for advice, never don't go to Times Square. Um, But Lakatsi's like, I've already done this before. Um, And they find the merry-go-round that I swear is never, ever working. (laughs) Um, But it's very beautiful. Sorry, I've like walked past this merry-go-round so many times and I'm like, it is always not for construction. But it is very beautiful. Um, and Lakatsi basically puts everything on the table. She gives her list, yeah. which is a forgetting Fabiola itinerary. Oh, and it's got stuff that they either said they were going to do or stuff that they did when they were together. Right. And I was just like, look at you just putting all your cards out there. It's I like, maybe it. she'll finally tell you because I need to know, too. <laughs> and, like, so many books tiptoe around. They wait for the confusion. It always causes some drama. Our last book. She is literally just, like, the drama has happened. Right. We are in the aftermath. Like, She's let's fix this. Nothing else to lose by yep. saying. Because she asks, Fab asks her what else is on the list. And yeah. she asks, she just gives it to her. So the list is Brighton Beach, where she started her day, uh, Chinatown for soup dumplings, mm-hmm. the Fashion District, which we did not, we don't do in this, yeah. the Morgan Library, which we also don't do, but it's my favorite thing, <laughs> um, the Roosevelt Island Tram, which is something that was recommended to me before I moved and I still haven't done. <laughs> the, I need to make you a list too. 
Well, I just, because I actually, like, the other day was like, I know that um, this broker recommended this, like, beautiful ride. I don't remember what it's called. And so I was reading this. I was like, that's what it's called. So it is now officially on my list of things to do this summer. Gotcha. Um, Plaza Hotel Bar and the Lake Solake uh, for the egg hot dog appetizer. Yes. Where they had their first date. Yes. Um, that is a great day, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it's a lot to do in a day, but she got up really early. I think it works. Yep. She's very efficient. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's true, too. I like that she also mentions that, like, she passed this list, even though, like, the Mary Grant says both hands on at the same time. And I'm like. Yes. Because she follows the rules. <laughs> she does. It's so cute. Because when Fab comes through that door, she said in the subway that you're not supposed to go through, she says the do- it says not to do that. Yes. Just like Tabiso when he tells Letty she shouldn't be leaning against the subway door. And then it That's opens true. and she almost falls. <laughs> yep. So now we are finally getting what happened. Yes. So we cut back Which, to the past again. You can probably guess what happens based mm. on like the entire lead up. And that's okay. We don't ever expect these to have some massive twist. Um, but Fab is actually invited to the dinner mm, where... That gala. <laughs> yeah. Where everything blew up in the last look. Um, and as soon as she says that, I was like, oh, yeah, she didn't come to that. Mm-hmm. This is breakup point. Yep. And she gets a phone call from her mom who is very upset because every single fear that she and her aunt has had has come true. She is something is wrong with her papers. They're holding her. And I assume she was getting deported. Me too. Uh, It's worse. She's held in a jail for a year. Just held. Yep. And for whatever reason, we have no idea. It's not mentioned as to why, which is, I I mean, again, these, this book was written either this year or last year and, Things are not great for immigrate immigrants right now. Even paper holding, law abiding, everything like f- there's nothing. She's not here undocumented. Right. She's been there for twenty years, some crazy long amount yeah. of time by this by this point. Right. And uh, there's no reason that, that this should have happened. And yeah. and her mom is like your cousin who goes to a very fancy school that her aunt does everything to get her into and to get her through. Either she's going to have to come to Florida and give all that up, all of her friends, getting the chance to see her mother on any occasion, Mm -hmm. um, or you now are going to have a teenage ward. Yeah. And Fab agrees. Right. Because her aunt is the reason she's making jewelry. She has done a lot for her. Um, I don't think something similar, but she, you know, they both live in New York. Like, clearly there was some kind of help at some point. And, you know... I, I, I would assume that I would drop everything for a cousin, but oh God. Yeah. It'd be, she, yeah. I like also just because of how close they are, I assume because she's so close to her aunt, this is the aunt who taught her how to make the jewelry and everything that she's also very close to this cousin. Because mm-hmm. um, years ago, my dad and my stepmom had asked if something happened to them. They were writing up their will and would like the boys to come live with me and this was I, this was before Chris and I were married because I remember we were over there for dinner and they, my dad was like well think about it and I was just like no the answer is yes I think he was probably thinking yeah. like you probably want to talk to your partner about it. and I was like well no the answer is yes <laughs> yeah. yeah and in my head I was like if he doesn't like that well then we have a problem <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah I this think is like, family if some freak accident 
accident happens and both my mother and my stepdad die and something happens to my grandmother like i think the twins I, I'd, I'd be moving back to georgia because yeah. i think like i had to sign some paperwork when my mother um after after she and my stepdad got divorced and like not an immediate word because my grandmother's closer mm -hmm. at the time so is my next in line sister so i don't know if that has any interference but yeah like it's it's all, never been a question of would i or not like but yeah a cousin's slightly different. I mean, yeah. Cousin is different. I'm not close with any of mine. That's the thing. I was like, how close am I to the cousin we're talking about? So that's why yeah. I feel like they're also closer just because of how close her relationship is with her aunt. Like, she had to have right. seen this cousin a lot. Right. I think, yeah. Like, she's like, I'm the, you know, cool, older yeah. sister, cousin, you know, that kind of mode. And to go into parent mode is terrifying. Yeah. Like, I said yes, and then, like, you know, I would think about it every now and then, be like, well, that's a terrifying thought if literally yeah. right now, if something happened right now. But, like, I am fortunate enough that I think if something did happen, I have a company, you know, that has offices in Atlanta, I think they would work something out and help yeah. me out. And, and I wouldn't have to worry about that. But, you know, Fab, who was getting ready to make this big job, yeah. is immediately like, well, keeping the big girl job. Yep does what I think anybody in our shoes would do and Googles, what the fuck do I do? Yes. <laughs> and, you know. And then also has to spend time trying to also figure out, like, she calls the immigration lawyer, but she can tell that the lawyer is also overwhelmed that they are not the only person who, people who need her services right now. Yeah. Um, so trying to figure out stuff with that, whatever she needs to do for her cousin to make sure the proper paperwork is in place so she can actually be her guardian. Right. It's, that's a lot. What I really, really like is that she takes a moment and just sobs. Yeah. She tries down. to keep, she does keep getting ready for the gala. Yeah. And then keeps crying and the crying starts again. She's like, I can't go. But she, it's also, she's losing her dream right now. She right. doesn't want to have to deal with losing Lakatsi, like falling even more for her. Right. And then losing her when she has to inevitably go back home. Right. Which is any day now. Yeah. You know? And I, I don't know, like, the <laughs> back closer to when I, you know, got diagnosed and had to deal with a lot, I had people that would message me when things happen. They're like, how do you deal with this? And like, my first response is fucking let yourself be sad. Yeah. And I love that, you know, Fab gets to do that. Like, mm -hmm. if you don't, it will eat you alive. Right. So she does the most mature thing which is deletes you know sends the messages deletes the app deletes yeah. everything and like so much respect for that i'm glad they never changed trade numbers or anything because it's like cut it off because the what if is going to eat you alive right so <clears throat> but uh yeah she is suddenly has a teenage ward and <sighs> i just can't imagine how adult you suddenly become with yeah that. yeah um so we do come back to the present and um, Fab lays all this out for Lakatsi. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, again, all I can promise you is tonight. And both of them basically are like, fuck it. I'm too far in love. Like, get a hotel room. Like, like if anything else, we have tonight. Um, yeah, you're right. It's 20 years. Yeah. And her daughter was born in Brooklyn. So there's not even an yeah. issue there. Um, have you heard? I, I haven't read the news story, but I just saw some tweets about it. Apparently, like... There is a gay couple where one is American citizen, the other um, is a documented, well, I mean, all the paperwork now, but is from another country and they had kids 
and they're trying to deport. They had like twins or close enough in age and they're trying to deport one of the kids. One of the kids? Yeah. What the fuck? Like the dad and one of the kids because he's not. I like I think there's been discussion of changing the law that like even if you're born on American soil, like you're it's our immigration stuff is a mess. Let's go back to happier times. Why did I bring oh this up? Oh my god, this country is trash. <laughs> like <laughs> Or I'm sorry, it's the best country in the world. Oh. And this is what it does to the people who live here. But we've got lesbian sex, it's okay. Yep, it's coming. <laughs> they I so Lakatsi does also ask if Fab would like for her to look into it that uh is this where she tells Yeah, she lays out everything. She finally says that she works for a prince. Nope. Maybe that's after. I think she first offers and says basically in her line of work, she deals with immigration stuff. So she's she's gonna try to help. And And she's even like you know what? We don't have to. We can hold off. Yes. Like, I don't want this to influence your... I don't want you to feel like it. She's like, fucking shut up. Yes. She's like... Because they go ice skating and then they go back to the hotel. And she's like, maybe we should wait. And she gives her back her sweater and she's like, oh, no. Fab's like, no, no. (laughs) Because she's like, it doesn't matter. You could leave. I'm still going to try to help. I can't promise anything, but I'm going to, you know, do what I can. And then... I think the next day is when she finally says that she works for a prince. Yeah. Or maybe, no, I think it, it might be later in that same thing where she lays it all out. Yeah, at some point we, she finally does lay out like, yeah, royalty. It's right after. Community. It's right after yeah. she says, this has nothing to do with us. I'm going to look into this no matter what. And then she says, oh, I work for a prince. Yeah. <laughs> explains the whole thing. So. Yeah. And then that's when they also decide that they're going to do this. It's not just going to be the one night. They're going to try this. They're going to do whatever they need Early to. Early morning phone calls. Yes. You know, dates when she's got friends. Like, whatever they... It, like, dating a single parent. Right. You know? Right. But um, then also and making the effort, because at some point, Makati's going to probably have to go back home. Yeah. Um, and they'll figure that out then. Right. And I liked know. this part that Lakasi says, and when we are afraid, because we will inevitably be afraid again, let's run to each other instead of away. It's like, oh, it's my so heart. Yes. <laughs> yes. I really want to go into my single parent rant, but no, we've ran- I've had enough. It's fine. <laughs> it's a very happy book. Yeah. Um, I was on the subway when the sex scene and I just <laughs> like course. I laughed at myself because like I had been reading for an hour. It was after I got back from Jersey. So I like Penn Station home. And I was probably a couple stops from my apartment. So, like, I'd been sitting and reading for about an hour. And then suddenly, like, the moment they start having sex, I'm like, what do I do with my hands? Someone <laughs> see this in the reflection behind me. And I'm just, like, <laughs> laughing at myself because these are my reactions. I'm reading it on my Kindle, too. It's not, like, an actual book. <sighs> um, but we do get the epilogue. Of course, they're still together. Yep. The following of- spring. Of course, Lakatsi helps get out her aunts. Yeah. It's all wonderful. She was held for nearly a year. That's she, terrible. Yes. And Lakatsi's going to meet her and Angela for a big Sunday meal. The first that uh, Fab's aunt is making since her release. Um, and Lakatsi has bought a ring. Yeah. And it's so sweet. And the family and is very like, welcoming. Don't, don't thank me. There's no reason to thank me. And she's like, 
And she's like, take the thanks or I'm never going to get to thank you and we won't eat. Right. She's like, you're going to come into this apartment and you're going to get this gratitude. You're going to accept it. (laughs) (laughs) This is how it is. So, again, I love this. I love the integration of real life issues into Mm -hmm. a romance plot. Yeah. I'm assuming you loved it as well. Yes, I did. I did. I love the consent, (laughs) the kissing, and then also to the not wanting, kind of related to our next book, not wanting Fab to feel like she has to thank her or be with her or do anything to get Lakazi to try to help with her aunt. Yes. It's not a tit for tat kind of moment. Um, Speaking of our next book. (laughs) Romancing the Inventor by Gail Carriger. Uh, this is a novella that takes place in the Solus series. Actually, that's not the name of the series. It's the Parcel Protector series, I believe is what it's called. Um, the first book is called Solus. Um, and this takes place in Victorian times, I believe. If I'm not mistaken. I used to know what year it was. but 1878 I... summer. Thank you. Uh, oh, there is a note on chronology. I totally blew <laughs> past that. Um, so it is two place, two years after the final book in the series. Um, so it is, spoilers for that series, but it is a paranormal romance series. Like, don't worry. Um, and all right. So in contrast. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, this book is, so that one was more realistic. This is going to be a little bit more fun. Um, also the best chapter titles yes (laughs) chapter one in which we hope vampires are perverted because oh yeah there are vampires and werewolves in this world yep um (laughs) and uh uh, inventors who create octopus creature things giant metal yep octopus yeah yeah that maybe destroyed all of london yep i was picturing Um, that like very like from the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movie, like just a feel oh, yeah. like that for the <laughs> robot yep. octopus. <laughs> that is a, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, so we open up uh, with Imogen, who is our only protagonist. Uh, we only get the book from her point of view, which I think is uh, very good. And she has to agree to go work for the vampire hive. Um, which her because... mom is not happy about. Right, but her family needs money. Mm-hmm. She is unmarried. She's not going to get married anytime soon, and she thinks it'll kind of get people off of her back. And yep. also, maybe the vampires will accept her because something is seriously wrong with her. Mm. She likes women. Yep. 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 And I don't think her mom knows. No. Um, no. Because she t- oh she tells her to marry like. She's you like, can oh, marry you think- instead. Yeah. yeah, like you'll make money this way. No, just go get married. That'll be better. And she's, I can't remember what Imogene says. It's something like, uh, let me see if I can find it. Oh, positioning me on my back yet still dusting? You're too kind. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there is the- only one person in the entire world who knows that yes. she has this inclination. Yeah, uh, the one of the werewolves. Yeah. Who happened to guess, but. She begs him not to tell, and he's just like, why would I? (laughs) He's like, I don't know your name. Right. Also, I don't know your name, and I don't care. (laughs) He's just like, I just find it fascinating. because all women, even married women, want to sleep with me, and I'm just like... Right. He's got a lot of confidence, that one. Yeah. With his icy blue eyes. (laughs) Um, I just laughed, because Christmas came in right behind you as he said that. (laughs) 
So she agrees. She's Imogen is a country girl. She's not educated at all. She doesn't know how to read, but she is really good with numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is taken on as a parlor maid. She's also very pretty. Like, she's gorgeous. She's beautiful. Yes. That comes up a lot. <laughs> yes. Um, which she's aware of, but like because she feels something is wrong with her, that always overpowers her beauty. Yeah. And her confidence in that, for sure. Right. Yeah. So the vampires agree not to make her a drone, uh, which is someone that is fed on. Uh, she is just to be a uh, housemaid for now, yep. parlor maid. She's to work the daytime shift. Yep. And um, the vampires in this world are very law driven. Mm-hmm. Like if it is a rule or a law, then they will abide by it. Yep. They might try to find a loophole if they can. <laughs> But um, they like it is punishable by death. So yeah, this is the queen. When she meets the queen about a month into her service, the queen decides to preserve her. So there's never a thought of, oh, will another vampire try to take a snack because the queen said this. So that's what's happening. No one's touching her right now. And the fact that she doesn't add the right now in her head uh, is bad. Yeah. (laughs) She's but, uh, like, I just want to be perverted. <laughs> what? Yep. Just, uh... just some girl kiss me, teach me the ways, corrupt yep. me. Like, I really, really like her healthy, like, attitude. Like, she's aware that something is, quote unquote, wrong. She doesn't care, kind yeah. of. Like, she just wants to experience this. Yeah. She's 28. She's, <laughs> like, yeah. She's not throwing herself at people, but like god damn, it's not going to change. Right. And she just finds someone. She takes them um, corrupting. Yes. She'd be fine with it. I do really love that she's 28. She turns mm-hmm. 29 at some point. Like, yep. that is old by unmarried standards. Oh, yeah. Um, so one day, the footman, Henry, has her take out a tea tray to the potted shed. Um, by this point, she's also made friends with a dog in the house. <laughs> it is her only friend. Yeah. Um, he's adorable. And so she takes it out there and meets the inventor. Uh, a striking man who is running around and making things explode and, oh, takes off his hat and is a gorgeous woman. <laughs> Although technically the explosion is kind of Imogene's fault because she, I don't know, she said, I think she says something and that startles yes. the inventor and drops a tube and then they go, she like, the inventor turns and runs out taking her with her. <laughs> and yes. That's when we find out she's a woman. Uh, she is French. Yep. And uh, grew up spending some of her time in, in the UK. And so she knows her English is great. And uh, we learned she has a kid, a 16-year-old that is in college in France, of course, because where else would you go? <laughs> and she is indentured. Mm-hmm. She is not. She is still a drone, but she's indentured rather than. Food. I can't think of <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Um, and she is technically indentured to uh, Alexia. But she works for the hive, and anything that she invents is property of the hive. Yeah. So, um, Genevieve, who's the inventor, yep, is very taken with Imogene and invites her to lunch. And this is when we learn that Henry is an asshole. This is where I was like, oh, we're going to have to murder Henry. And I'm yeah. fine with it. Does that make me a mad queen? No. <laughs> Just some men need killing. <laughs> you know what? Some men do. And the fact that he is not killed is very disappointing because yeah. Henry is yeah. kind of the worst. Yeah. Um, He's mad so, because 
Genevieve, the inventor, she comes in and specifically asks for two lunch trays. So he's like, what are you doing? Why are you trying to take my job? It's my job to, to do this. Why are you trying to weasel in here? And Imogene's like, well, I didn't, but I will tell her that I won't be available. Yeah. So that pacifies him for, for there, but she does go to eat lunch with the, with the inventor. Yeah, she, uh, he, he only had her do it because the other footman was sick. Right. And um, she doesn't care. She finds Genevieve to be very attractive, but uh, she understands her place. And all she wants to do is just get money to send home to her parents or to her family. I like, too, that she keeps bringing up, it's like, it's not proper. It's not proper. And Genevieve's like, I don't understand your British ways. (laughs) Treating the working class like crap, basically. (laughs) I love it. I love every time the French attitude shows up in like a a British uh, kind of story of like, you're too proper. Just loosen up. Right. Um, Right. That's wonderful. So yeah. um, she does go to lunch and she does try to explain like, I won't be coming back. And she's like, I don't like Henry, though. Yeah. She's like, I this. like your company. And why? But so this is ridiculous. Like I get to pick who brings me my tea. Right. And I think it's the next day where we find out she Genevieve Complain. basically <laughs> is having her way because Henry sends her out with. Yeah. The tray, and she's supposed to do it from now on, but he pinches her, and I was like, we have to kill him. <laughs> yep. Yep, he instantly, like, when she's carrying the tray, so there's nothing she can do, not that she would do anything because mm-hmm. of polite society. Right. Um, I do love that she keeps up kind of a posh tone unless she's talking to the dog. Yeah. She keeps her, like, country accent hidden. Yes. <clears throat> um, also, Genevieve says to, be, to call her Madame. Which is technically the married term. I think it is also just the term of anyone over the age of like 20 something. But Maybe. Because we find out it, she is 37. Yeah. So yes. maybe that's why. Which I, I I had to stop and be like, damn, I really appreciate that this isn't like... One, neither of the books we read are coming out books. That was great. Yes. Like both of them knew, or all four women knew, they were attracted to women. It was never a... Even Imogen, who's like, there's something wrong with me. Until she realizes that Genevieve also has feelings for her. And then she's like, there's nothing wrong with me. Like, this is just how it is. It's Yes. Although, too, the werewolf, when he guesses, he says, what? It's also, you didn't have a choice. And he just kind of keeps on going with it. Um, Werewolves are great. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I I do like that, like, because I feel like especially young adult and, and most recommendations that I got at first were like a bunch of coming out stories and I yeah. didn't want to read that like I just wanted something that's felt like a part of someone's life already like yeah. already comfortable with themselves and I like so, that too when we were reading A Princess in Theory that it didn't seem like well obviously Tabiso didn't have any issues with Lakatsi like mm. no one else this didn't it didn't seem to be a problem for anyone and I really no, liked that there was actually a quote and I don't have my e-reader I'm, I'm looking at my phone and all my highlights are on my e-reader um but there was actually a quote that was like there are a lot of moms that oh really yeah wanted Lakatsi to marry their daughters because yeah. like she is the right hand a man for yeah lack of a better term to the prince and like he's gonna there's be king. no better yeah there's no better spot to put a daughter in you know right. other than queen which is taken so, yeah <laughs> And um, so, yeah, none of these, you know, had any, like, negative backlash at all yeah. from anyone. You know, like, Imogen's dealing with it because that is society, but it's not. Yeah, there are some mentions of it being, like, like snide comments made about it in Romancing right. the Inventor. 
But not everyone. Not by everyone. Right. And it's not like... It's more of her sleeping her way to the top rather Mm -hmm. than, you know, uh, sleeping with a woman. Right. So, yeah, especially... Apparently vampires just sleep with everybody. Yes. And uh, and she throws it back at Henry. She's like, you're just pissed because someone you like doesn't like you. And... Um, kind of hoped Henry would go away at that point, but he did Me not. too. I really wanted him to get murdered. He doesn't. Yeah. Um, so she does deliver the tea a few times. And like when they had lunch, Genevieve was kind of showing everything that was going on in the, in the shed and like really like talking about her work. But Imogen noticed that an equation was slightly off <laughs> and it took her a few times before she just finally changed it. Yeah. Doesn't say anything, just yeah. fixes it really quick. Puts the chalk back exactly where it was yep. and goes along with her day. Yep. Um, and this causes a blow up. Oh, yeah. Like, I was really worried that she fixed it wrong. I was like, how did you do this wrong? You're so good with numbers. Exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and finally, like, I, I couldn't tell if Genevieve's whole blow up at the musicians was fake to get yeah. religion. I wasn't because there's a part where it seems like suddenly she's looking at Imogene with this calculating look where it's like, oh, you know what happened. Mm -hmm. But I don't know why she would have been blowing up in the first place because the calculation correct. It was actually it was a correction. It was done correctly and it it, it allowed her to move forward with her prototype like this was a good thing. Yeah. And she was trying to find who did it. And we find out it's because she wants she needs an assistant. Her her son was her assistant. And he's at college, so yep. she needs someone to help because she's not great with numbers. Right. Need someone to double check your math. Yeah. So she tries to get Imogen to come on as her assistant. Um, she goes to talk to one of the second in charge vampires, not the queen, and he refuses. Yep. And you know, find yourself a guy. He does say and, something about like if you want us to seduce her just like find another way like to, yeah. about image like imogen you don't have to oh yeah it's just like you can have her you don't have to like and then just do let this her go whole back thing. to work yeah <laughs> to which when they're by themselves genevieve's like that's not i'm not i'm not a predator like that's i don't know what he's talking about and i feel like i can't i can't remember if imogen is speaking at this time about like in response or if the inventor's kind of just ignoring what she says that happens a lot. Yeah. It's like, no, no, yeah. this is how it's, it seems like, and I'm not going to yeah. like prey upon you or something like that or yeah. try to, you know, I don't think Genevieve quite real, not Genevieve, Imogen realizes quite at this point that like Genevieve is gay and yeah. she's just like, I don't know what's going on here, but okay. Can I work with you? Apparently not. Yeah. Um, and cause like Genevieve wants to teach her algebra and, and more than just like adding and subtracting and multiplying. Right. Um, and then on top of that, reading and, you know, educate yep. her. Like, she's clearly an intelligent woman. She just, because of where she was born, hasn't been educated. Right. Um, so they continue on with their lives and until this big dinner comes. Right before that, though, Henry gets mad and pushes oh, her. I right, think it's I because that. she says something. This is when she says, like, you clearly like someone who doesn't like you back in your taking right. out of me. And he pushes her and she's into like an iron range or something. And she injures her ankle instead of getting burned. But she's having a hard time. She's limping. And Genevieve Um, does like she checks her out when she realizes that she's limping and she confirms it's not broken. 
Um, but there's like she, a moment when she's touching her ankle. Oh yeah, she wishes the sock was in between them. And yeah. Henry did something else to her because I feel like she was maybe bruised or something before. I don't remember. That comes later. Yeah, Henry I know is he trash. does plenty more. Yeah, Henry's awful. Yeah. Um, but so because she's the day maid, she's usually you know in her room by night. And but because this is a big dinner, all hands on deck. Um, so she is helping serve despite the fact that she can barely walk. Right. Um, and this is where we meet. Um, I only ever remember him as Alexia and Cornell. I know they have actual titles. <laughs> Lord and Lady Macon? Macon? It's M-A-C-C-O-N. So. Yeah. Um, so Alexia is the protagonist of the Sola series. Um, and Cornell, I think that's the same, is a Scottish werewolf. Yep. He's the alpha. And they yeah. bring their Gamma, who is the icy blue-eyed werewolf who guessed her secret a while back. Dun-dun-dun. Yeah. Who takes no notice of her. Right, because basically the help is just basically like furniture to him. Just, right. You don't need to pay attention to it. And um, the house that they're in is actually a castle, and it actually used to be the werewolf's castle. Mm-hmm. I don't know the story behind that. I never made it that far into the series, but uh, they are apparently... Not necessarily on pleasant terms, but on like cordial terms. That yes. That might be the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, the Alexa, Alexia is considered the uh, Maja? Muja? Muja. I wasn't quite sure how to say that either. Um, which is the third member of a, she's a uh, preternatural, um, which is a long story short. She doesn't have a soul and supernatural creatures have too much soul. And so when she's around them, she makes them more human. It's basically the entire plot of like the first one. Okay. <laughs> so that is what she is for anybody who has not read this. I know gotcha. you haven't read any of it. Um, hopefully this was still easy to follow. Yeah. Um, but that's basically what she is. And so like um, there's a scene because Alexia has, um, has a best friend who's a vampire. And like she clings on to him so that he can see a sunrise for the first time in like centuries beautiful moment it's like one of the few things i remember about this series outside of uh her and her werewolf uh Mm. having sex so (laughs) um so they sit down for dinner all the food comes out uh genevieve has been sent to dress properly for dinner um there is implications that she and alexia um might be more than friends some flirting going on yeah which if i remember correctly alexia i think is bi but again, I have not read the series in probably five or six years. Um, so Imogen is very jealous. Yep. And is excited to go upstairs and be done, but has been ordered by the head drone to change clothes. And I went, oh, no. Yep. I was like, you're not being a guest at this dinner. <laughs> no, she is the main course for the queen. Yep. Which is a little terrifying. Um, she's put in a very scandalous dress. Yep, shows a lot of skin. Yes. Um, and the queen goes to try to feed on her. She resists, which makes everybody realize that maybe she didn't consent to this. Right. And Genevieve um, basically stands up and stops it. <laughs> yes. Um, because it's not like she's just going to have a nibble. Like, right. Imogen's she's going to kill her. And Genevieve points out, you're only doing this because I asked for her to be my laboratory assistant. That's all this is. It's just Um, some stupid payback. Which I don't think is true. Like, I think she was set aside, maybe not for this exact moment, but for like a big meal from the moment she got hired. Hmm. So I I didn't actually take her to be like this to be a vengeful kind of moment. Mm -hmm. 
but maybe I'm wrong. Um, so Alexia points out that if she hasn't consented, um, she cannot be bitten. And Genevieve tries to buy her as an indentured servant. Indentured servants can't have indentured servants, but Alexia can have another indentured servant. Mm-hmm. And oh, look, for six years, the same amount of time that Genevieve has left right. on her contract. What a coincidence. Although Imogene t- chose that. <laughs> she asked her specifically how much yes. time she had. And she said 10, but I've already served four. So she does the math real quick in her head. And she's like, okay, I'll do six. Yes. <laughs> Um, and Alexia's like, take her and get her out of here. <laughs> yeah, she was smart, though. Imogene was smart when she asked, or Alexia asks if something else is needed, and she's like, no, assuming that this all goes into effect immediately based on my word, and I don't have to sign anything. Basically, like, so the vampires won't try to kill me in the meantime. She's like, nope, smart exactly. girl, you're correct. Word is bond, like... Yeah, because Alexia was now. like, you can come stay with, stay at our house, and, and she's like, no, I'm fine staying here yep. on these terms. So she is now put in Genevieve's room. She used to have a, a bed in, in her room. And um, she gets upstairs and goes, oh, crap. I got to go, you know, say thank you. It's do the polite thing. Mm-hmm. She doesn't say, oh, crap. This is the, the 21st century version of that. <laughs> and uh, so she sneaks downstairs to say thank you and ends up overhearing Alexia and Genevieve talking. Um, if she didn't already. Oh, she does try to kiss or she does actually kiss Genevieve. Yeah. And this is when Genevieve's like, oh, you just, because I saved your life, hero right. worship, you're so innocent. You don't actually like women. You just, like, feel like this is what you need to do. And you don't, so we're not going to do this. <laughs> yes. So much respect yeah. for how this is written and how this is handled. Like, the Genevieve doesn't take it mm-hmm. for granted. And it is the tension between them for a while of, like, Imogen being like, how the fuck do I prove to you? Right. That I really actually have feelings. Right. She's like, I don't that, really flirt. I, what am I supposed to do here? Yeah. Like, because Genevieve won't let her say this. Um, and also she keeps talking about how young she is. And like. Right. Um, she's like, I turned 29. <laughs> yeah, she's she's like, like, I'm not 20 anymore. I'm 29. <laughs> she's like, I'm not, I'm not a child. Why do we right. keep acting like she's I'm, also not she's, a child? Yeah. Yeah. She's half my age. She's not half your age. She's not half your age. <laughs> like, way too excited. I like, difference. Alexia basically calls her out on this. She's like, no. <laughs> yeah. um, there's some flirting between Alexia and Genevieve. I really like it. Yeah. Because it's very innocent. And uh, she does point out that Imogen looks at her the way that her husband looks at Alexia. And, and she's like, no, 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 no. Um, Genevieve's like, we could run away today to Alexia. It's, I just, yeah. I really like it. Like the, I don't know if, I don't think they ever were actually like lovers or anything because I think no. even Alexia says like, I realized too late that you, that something was going on here. And, but it's still like that, what could have been good natured flirting that this was more people had. <laughs> Life. Um, so Imogen becomes Genevieve's assistant, cleans up the lab, they get to work, everything's going really smooth, a lot of we're not flirting, we're not touching, the things that I really love about this time period where it's like, <laughs> we flirt with our eyes. She teaches her to read, she starts reading poetry, everything's good. The but, servants don't like her. Yeah, they, they're not happy with how she's essentially moved up in the world. Yes. Um, they don't treat her well. She doesn't have anybody really to eat with because she's not really a drone. She also gets like poor quality food now. It's not the stuff she used to get. Unless like she gets it with Genevieve. Um, Nobody gives a damn if anything happens to her. Yeah. Except for maybe the gardeners are cool. Yeah, they seem okay. Yeah. 
So, but she's fine because she gets to work with Genevieve. Like, she does not care. Right. And then Genevieve needs to go to London. Visit that go. son of hers. Yep. He needs new clothes. She wants to visit him, deliver a paper. Everything should be okay. I mean, Ex- we knew it wasn't going to be, I think. Because Henry still <laughs> fucking exists. Henry starts up right away. And it's like, why? Why, yeah. Henry? Who wronged you to make you think this is okay? To, like, fucking harass the shit out of her. Yeah. Licks her neck at one point. I think that's when she pours the tea on his head. Yes. Good for her, by the way. I'm yeah, sad that I'm, it did not burn his eyes out of his skull. I'm, like, very glad she finally stood up for herself. Yeah. And she calls, he calls her crazy in front of the gardener. Um, I think she also had elbowed him at one point, too. I think it was she before did, this. Yes. Oh, that might be why he pushed her and hurt her ankle. Mm, she definitely said that thing to him and got him mad, though. Yeah. But at one point, she elbowed him. Then the tea happened. Um, then she tries. Start- she does Go- try to ask the cook to send someone else, and he's like, "No, I can't spare anybody else. It's gonna be Henry." It's like, "Okay, fuck you, cook." Yeah. Thanks. Everybody talks about how great Henry is. Yeah. Um, things start to go missing in the lab. Right. Uh, he um, tries, he does cop a feel a couple times. And that's when she headbutts um, him. Yes. So then she starts locking the door and meeting him outside and eating oh, yeah. outside. Like basically staying in the sight of the gardeners all the time. Right. There's one day she forgets and that's when he gropes her and she headbutts him. Yes. And she's pretty sure he leaves with notes in his jacket. Yes. Um, so at this point she's like, I'm, like, if they search his room right now, he's going to have something in there. Right. So she's she tells wor- she's about She's very her. worried about Genevieve's reputation, her designs, you know, her work. Yeah. Because there are people that want her work for their own gain. Right. Um, so she, but at this point, she's like, well, because of that, any work that Genevieve does does belong to the hive. I'm going to go tell the butler. Butler doesn't give a shit. Butler lectures her about how Henry's been there and he was vetted and everybody loves Henry and like clearly she just misplaced things or she lost things and she's just trying to blame it on Henry because everybody knows there's, there's bad blood there. So then she goes to, did she tell someone else before she tells the queen? No. And the butler must've told Henry because Henry's angry and he hits her. And yes. then she goes to the queen yeah, and that also does her not go well twice. Yeah. And on the second slap catches her eye with his fingernail. Yep. Um, so yeah, she goes to tell the queen and I got a little concerned about this novella at this point yeah. because uh, there is an attempted rape um, from the queen and Imogen... Who also thinks, doesn't believe her about the stuff yeah. going missing. She has to have misplaced it. Because again, background checks, whatever. Um, and Imogen uses the threat of Alexia to mm-hmm. keep the queen from doing anything. Um, and the queen basically is like, you get this free. Like, this is the one time you get to use that if you come back to my room that I am assuming you are coming willingly yeah um so she's distraught she falls asleep in genevieve's bed fully clothed to wake up to find genevieve back um she is completely injured and bruised between getting slapped and yeah and the queen she barely can move and um so genevieve's first thing to do she knew she knew henry was a spy the whole time she just didn't think anything was wrong because at no point did Imogen like hint that she and Henry had issues. Yeah. That's when and, she realizes that the injured ankle is, is because of Henry. Right. And uh, so she calls for a bath. The footman bring it in and she does not kill Henry, but he maybe can't have kids now. Yep. 
I feel like she. I don't know if she grabbed and twisted, but that's what she did in my mind. Oh, she, she did. Yes. <laughs> okay. It was a. I couldn't remember if there was a twist. twist. Yes. And uh, the other footman like steps up, and she's like, "Oh no, no, she's no, like, no, oh no, no, no! This no. is not sit, step, sit down." <laughs> yeah. And she uh, also tells him that the notes he stole were intentionally flawed, and that he can tell whoever he actually works for that those notes were intentionally flawed, so they have nothing. And he's also fired. So then she bathes Imogen, washes her, her hair, food, washes her hair. Very sweet moments. Yep. Um, it's very tender towards her. They kind of have like a day off almost because Imogen sleeps and Genevieve reads in her room. Yep. Um, and we find out that Genevieve made the, uh, she calls it the Octomaton and yes. let it loose because they had stolen or they had kidnapped her son. And yes. so the Octomaton went and knocked down the hive and a few other houses. And that Alexia is the one who worked out the deal so that. um, Because she's French. They couldn't let her just go. Yeah. That and they had to do something with the with the boy. It lets them keep him. And then she becomes indentured to to essentially stay with him. And then also for the punishment of knocking down some houses (laughs) with a giant robot octopus. Um, But But then then he he convinced her in the hive that he'd be better off at school. And that's how he got to go to university. Smart kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have this like kind of touching, like bonding moment, but then immediately, sorry, he made a really weird noise. <laughs> they go back to this like cold, not cold, but distant. And <laughs> Imogen's like, I just don't know what to do. Right. And, she also uh, doesn't want to seem like Henry after her experiences with him. Yes. She again, consent yes. not being a predator she, it's exactly. really not She's hard like really not wanting to come across as a predator right but she does think that there's actually feelings there on the you know the other yep. side um so everything's going on until she runs into she's so by this point she is doing everything she can to be back into the room by nightfall right so that she doesn't have to go near the vampires at all um but one night she's working late and that she ends up running into the queen and the queen, I guess, kind of calls her out on their tension. And, like, I guess that's the whole thing's to set up for the later setup of just, like, kind of making it seem like they're not working together well. And hmm. um, it's weird. She goes after Imogen again. But I didn't feel like it was in a sexual way. But maybe I just misread it. Um, but anyways, this leads to Imogen slamming the door shut and standing in a room with a just tell Genevieve. Yep. And... <laughs> Finally, Imogen gets to speak her mind of like, good God, I like women. I've always liked women. Like, you are not doing this to me for the love of God. I just have feelings for you. Get over it. Yes. And let's do this. <laughs> yes. And oh, by the way, can we finally like make out? Which they do. Finally. <laughs> and then Genevieve's like, oh my God, I'm just standing in a towel. Yeah. She's like, I just don't care. And um, basically, they just agree to one night. Right. Like, get this tension out of their system. And... Um, they have sex. It's not like a super raunchy sex scene. Um, it's just kind of like finding X. Yes. That's what Imogen <laughs> really likes to do is solving find for X. X. Yeah. And so she's solving for X on Genevieve. Um, but then of course, as soon as they wake up, Genevieve's like immediately, that can't happen again. It, yeah. That was just a one-time thing. Not again. Cut it off. Like, Miss Hale. Shuts it down. Yeah. And Imogen's like, for the love of God, you have earned the right to call me Imogen. I'm right. going to call you Genevieve. Get over it. <sighs> I love proper society, things like that. Where this is just so intimate. Um, 
And this is where we learn that Genevieve uh, had essentially a wife uh, prior and, and that her son is not actually her son. He's adopted. Right. Angelique was pregnant when they met. And then she says, but we like the family, we weren't enough because Angelique basically left her for the, a hive and it's it's queen. Um, and that drones aren't supposed to have kids. So she couldn't take her son or their son with her. But the hive found out and tried to take him anyway. And then um, then we find out that Angelique died, not because of the hive or anything like that. She said it was a fall while on, on assignment. Just a stupid yep. accident. A stupid death. And she does become a ghost, which implies that she has more soul. Yeah. So she would have become a queen or she could yeah. have become a queen. Um, but then Genevieve also says that she believes people have basically a certain amount of love that they can give, like a certain pool of love to pull from and that she's hers has gone dry. She has spent all of all of the love that she has and doesn't want to hurt Imogene because she deserves someone who would be able to love her. She still wakes up every morning and falls asleep. And the first thought, her last thought are always about Angelique. Yeah. And that's not fair to Imogen, which right. to be fair is very true. It's not right. And Though she does ask if they can continue to keep Gertrude because she's heard the phrase Rogering, and she yeah. just is like, well, I guess the opposite of that for two women would be Gertrude, <laughs> which I thought was really cute. I love that so much. <laughs> Um, but they don't. They. It's actually very tense in the lab. Yeah. Um, Genevieve is not eating. Yeah. Which is not really explained. I guess like the guilt of all of this is keeping her. I figured moody guilt. She just doesn't have an appetite because she actually is upset. You know, she's about French. it. Um, but it is not good that she's doing this because she's looking sicker and sicker, mm-hmm. which leads the queen to accuse Imogen, keep getting their names backwards, uh, of being a spy and stealing from Genevieve. Right. And another professor has filed a patent for something, a sundowner bullet, which is exactly the same style and type that Genevieve has been working on. So Imogene immediately says, oh, must be Henry. And the queen says, no, or you that you're a spy and you know what are you doing to her she's losing weight i can't remember if they if they actually accuse her of poisoning her but she does yeah that's a poisoning the food yeah um basically they're trying to get this loophole yeah so they can kill her right Um, but then luckily so the queen had told genevieve that she wanted to meet with the both of them and from that moment she sent a message to alexia and Alexia comes riding in and makes the grandest of entrances, <laughs> riding in on a very large werewolf, her husband, yes. <laughs> um, with a bunch of other werewolves in tow. Yes. Including Channing, who is our icy blue eyed one. Yes. Um, such a great scene. I actually yeah, went ahead and like put entrance. Solace on my, uh, my Libby account. I was like, I'm ready to read these again. Um, and she was like, I don't give a shit if she was stealing from her. This is, they're my indentured. I should be the one to handle this. And you know what? By this point, Imogen can't be here. You're not doing what's best. I'm taking her back with me. Right. She asked her for proof too. She's like, where's the proof that she did this? Yeah. And the queen basically says she doesn't have any, but I know that she did it. (laughs) She's like, that's not how we do this. Yeah. So we get kind of a, a... Look into Alexia's life. You know, they're night people, obviously, because they're werewolves. So, you know, if she's on a day schedule, then they're not going to see each other that much. Um, they, Alexia is busy with a lot of 
things with the the bur uh, burrow. And it takes a little while for her to get back to Imogen, who yeah. has been reading. There's not a lot of poetry, though. Um, Hanging and, out with Channing, having yeah. a, like a sibling sort of relationship. Yeah, it's very sweet. Very yeah. cute. Eating chestnuts. Um, and finally, Alexia's like, look, the best thing was, you know, getting you away from that hive, but also so that Genevieve can like get over herself. Yes. Essentially. Alexia knows her friend. Yes. <laughs> and she knows her well. Um, and like, she's like, I'm going to be bold. <laughs> I can't actually remember the word she uses, but like, Imogen's like, you border on rudeness. <laughs> and yeah. It's just like, yeah, that's, that's about right. And, uh, and she's like, do you love her? And, and she, she admits it. And she's like, so here's what we're going to do. Bottle of cognac. She's got a whole plan. She's thinking out loud about how the countess can't leave her house. And then the tethered males can't really go far beyond the grounds and water's a problem for them. So we're going to set you up just outside the, you know, far enough away where Genevieve can still come see you, but where the vampires can't get to you and also soften her up with this cognac. <laughs> like she's like. She's Talk making like this, this happen. And, <laughs> and, uh, and send her back. Yeah. Um, and of course it works exactly as Alexia yeah. plans. She's a mastermind. <laughs> Who just knows her friend very well. Yes. And uh, eventually Genevieve's like, you know that pool I was talking about? I think it's going to be okay. Yeah. She has and, some more uh, love left to give. She does ask too if she can live in the trailer with her. Just like, yes. aww. Yes, which thankfully doesn't rock too much. Mm-hmm. It's sturdy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> good way to test that. And yep. uh, that is actually kind of the ending. So, yeah. Um, I think I like Once Ghosted, Twice Shy more, but it has been a while since I've read a Gail Carragher book. I was very, very glad to, to fall back into her world. Yeah, I liked the, I liked both of them um, and how different they were in terms of being grounded in this reality and then grounded in a reality where there are werewolves and vampires <laughs> and maybe there's also a magic. I don't know. <laughs> but, but there's just other stuff so going on. Yeah. It was also a little less steampunk than the series because uh, hmm. I think there's three series in this world. Yeah. Um, so it is a little less steampunk than those are. But because we've got the inventor, but what's not like a ton of things kind of are spit out or anything like that. So um, but again, no one's coming out of the closet. Nobody's having to accept this thing about themselves. They just kind of know who they are and right. are building their path in the world and finding lovely women to fall in love with. Yeah. So. That was the other thing, too, like with Fab's family and the um, ghosted. I, I just was a little nervous. I mean, about how they would yeah. react. And there was nothing. They just, one, wanted to thank her for all of her help and getting fab's aunt out and two seemed happy that fab was happy yeah your girlfriend's hot i think was yes was thrown out there and first thing angie said yeah. <laughs> um yeah these were two great choices I, i'm very glad we stuck with these especially because to balance all this out i actually read a, a book with a, a um a gay couple that I did not care for this week. And oh. <laughs> I think part of the reason why is because uh, it has a female writer. And I just, I don't know why I cannot get on board with this. Like the fact that so many gay romance books, male, um, man and man ones are written by women. And I hmm. just, you know, it, it baffles me. I don't understand that too much, but these were both amazing. Yeah. Um, I know you said you want to read more romance. Yeah. They just were 
kind of uplifting. It was like there's a happy yeah. ending. Everyone is accepting of each other and people are in love and yeah. <laughs> you can still have the background yeah. of some, some serious problems, but it's not exhausting the story yeah. or overshadowing. Yeah. So um, cool. So book drink between the two of them? Maybe for... Because I know uh, in Ghosted, they talk about how much Lakatsi likes tea. We got tea in both of them. Oh, and I think they have... Do they have hot toddies to warm up after ice skating? I think so, yes. Ooh, I like a hot toddy. I'm going to vote hot toddy for that one. (laughs) Very nice. I'm going to go with... I just bought my favorite tea. Um, Mm -hmm. It is a St. Petersburg tea. Um, I just forgot the name of the brand. It starts with a K. It's a Russian tea. Mm. Um, it is a black tea with um, berries and caramel, which doesn't sound Ooh. like it should be a combination, but it works so well. Okay. So I will be uh, having a cup of that soon. So Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, we had tea in both books. Yeah. So, uh, before we go on to what we're reading next for the podcast, what are you reading in between weeks? So I did get the third Wayward Pines book, or I requested it from the library, I should say, The Last Town. But I think I'm going to move forward with reading or rereading B.C. Andrews' Heaven and Dark Angel because I still didn't get to those so that I could listen to that episode of Teen Creeps. (laughs) So those are next up on the list because it's saved in my queue. I'm like, I got to read these books because I... I I read them a few times, so I know what happens, but it's been a long time. Yeah. Those are not going to be uplifting. (laughs) I already no. know. No. <laughs> so. no, they're not. But at least I'm, that's, yeah. I'm sure listening to the podcast will be a lot of fun. So that'll be like the reward at the end of the of the read. And then I'll probably finish that series at some point too. Cool. I yeah. hope you do. Yeah. How about you? Do you know what you're reading next? Um, I was debating that I have a lot of library books checked out right now. Like an obscene amount. I think I'm very close to 20. Oh my god! Um, a lot of those are comic <laughs> trades, to be fair. But I did get one last week that is a newer book that uh, I'm gonna—it's gonna have a hold. Uh, and it's called *Manic Pixie Dream Boy*. And I remember looking at this title when it came out and thinking this was a ridiculous book um, because I—I I, I don't remember much about the like sales pitch of it um, from like the blurb on the back or anything like that, other than he lives in Trope Town, but. Mm. One of my favorite podcasts is All the Books, um, where they go through books that come out on Tuesdays, and they spoke very highly of this book, and that it actually is a lot better than this this blurb is. So I went, all right, fine, and, and put it on hold, and it finally just came in. So I'm going to give that a shot nice. and see how that is. Cool. Um, yeah. So uh, for the, next for the podcast, we are entirely shifting gears. And going back into more of a nonfiction kind of world and reading a book of essays. Yep. Um, Okay, so we'll go more into our reading habits of that next week when we read The Geek Feminist Revolution by Cameron Hurley, which all we really know is that it's got generally speaking positive uh, Goodreads reviews. So um, yeah, that'll be exciting. Uh, In the meantime, where can people find you? can find me here um okay. as i think my yeah my the bust magazine that i was in is off stands but you should still get the next one it's got uh gwendolyn christie on the cover Ooh, interesting am i saying her name right the from star wars and game of thrones yeah yeah um it's a good magazine That's i subscribe the, to it the cbs access all access 
Star Wars? Oh, you said no, Star Wars. She was Star Captain Trek. Phasma. Yeah. No, I'm totally. It's so late. I just I heard yeah. Star Trek it's instead late. of Star Wars. <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah. How are about you? Gonna, huh? Are you gonna try to submit again to? Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't know if there's other magazines that I could also submit to. So I've been thinking about it. Just haven't done it yet. <laughs> totally understand. Yeah. Um, as for How- me. You can find me on my blog, which is Meg Griffin. Uh, that's three G's in the middle dot uh, com. And uh, actually just got like all of it set up. So it finally doesn't redirect. So <laughs> That'll be fun. Uh, as for this podcast, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at JBC podcast. Um, we also have a Facebook group, which is a handbook for judging fabulous retelling covers um i always feel like i'm forgetting something else in that (laughs) but uh yeah i mean if you want to send us recommendations or have any questions for us please you know send them along uh as i think we've got a few coming up that we're gonna be like scratching our heads about what we want to do for them so uh especially poetry fans yep which i think is the next one after the essays (laughs) i figured it was coming up soon yeah um so yeah, reach out to us if you if you got some suggestions. And until then, just keep supporting your local libraries. Seriously, I think a lot of them uh, have a lot of bills coming up soon or uh, uh, budgets and things like that. I don't know. All I know is mine are going crazy right now. Mm. So some budget things coming up. So do reach out and support them. And we'll see you in two weeks. Yay.